I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code FIRST. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Greg Ducharme, and today, following the match, Champions for Charity, uh, I, I am driving today, and uh, we do have Rick Gaiman here. We do have Kyle Porter here. We're extremely excited to get the matches, but I'm driving today as, well, one reason is maybe a medalist expert, you may say, but the real reason is Rick is just too excited to, he, he can't drive the whole thing. He's just a little bit too excited and he's gushing. So uh, Rick, welcome to the show. Uh, let's, let's uh, get some instant reactions here. I, I'm foaming at the mouth. <laughs> I, I, it's okay. We, I, I'll speak just for myself. I won't say what we've been talking about, but I have been very critical of similar type matches in the past. We set a very low bar of expectations for this match. It exceeded that one minute in, and well, I mean, this was an absolute A plus event. I thought the production was great. I thought the players were great. We saw enough good golf shots. Like all in all, this was A plus. I absolutely loved it, Greg. Kyle, I know uh, you said briefly beforehand. I've got some takes. Are you with Rick on this? Do you agree? Yeah. So he here's here's the reason I, I'm trying. I was trying to figure out in my head why it was so good. Because it was just the best. I mean, I, I thought that if you would have told me two weeks ago, hey, what's going to be better, Seminole or, or Medalist, Rory or Tiger, I would have said 100 times out of 100, uh, Rory and DJ at, at Seminole. But it wasn't even close. I mean, that was fine. That was good for what it was. This was unbelievable. And I think the reason is because it started out kind of like so absurd that it was awesome. Like it was so like – Brady and Manning are in the woods off one. It's raining. Nobody's mics were. It was just, it was just kind of loony. And so you got that and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to enjoy this because it's going to be crazy. And then it transitioned into, wow, everybody's playing great golf down the stretch. And that's what and that's why it was good late. And so that transition from the beginning to the end, I just thought it was the whole thing was spectacular. I I could not get enough of it. It was, it was a very nice blend, and there's so much to unpack in it. Uh, but the broadcast, if you compare it to, to the previous last week's rendition at Seminole, a, a big difference to me, this felt much more natural. 
Whereas if you look last week, there were a couple moments that looked forced. There were there were technological issues in both matches, but these seemed like it, they seemed acceptable. It didn't seem like an issue that uh, Tom Brady's uh, earpiece isn't working for a little bit. He's hearing static. It it felt shocking. extremely natural, which which Sho- I thought was shocking. Yeah, shocking that Brady had uh, malfunctioning equipment on the court. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, not just equipment. Clothing seemed to be an issue too, right? Oh yeah, that was like that was like the tenth best thing to ever happen. The guy splits his pants, and that was like the tenth best thing. Uh, to your point, Greg, though, like to me, the production had a couple of things that made a huge difference. The cameras in the carts was awesome. So you were picking. So there, we've talked about this a lot. There is a lot of downtime in golf. And when the guys are walking to their balls, like we've seen in the past, that's dead air. Well, when you have cameras in the carts with these guys mic'd up and you can turn the camera. So if they park anywhere near the green, they've like doubled the amount of cameras that they have on the hole because they've got a little skeleton staff out there with, with, you know, physical cameras. So that's part one. And then part two, they're all wearing earpieces. They're all wearing mics, uh, which Again, in golf, if in part one of this, if Tiger hits his ball in the left rough and Phil hits his ball in the right rough, they're 100 yards away. They can't communicate with one another. Now they can. You throw an earpiece on, you throw a mic, a mic on, and they can talk trash. They can have this conversation going no matter where they are on the course. Those two things alone make the production like 10 million times better. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I totally agree. And there's like nine other things that made the production <laughs> better as well. Like you, you got, so first of all, you, you have, you had more uh, space for guys to fill up, right? Like the, the, the announcing just wasn't as heavy as, as it has been in previous iterations of this. And I mean, look, it helps that you have, like, if you took every athlete from the last 50 years and it was just like a competition where you just said, Hey, talk, and you had to judge who was the most interesting. Phil and, and Peyton Manning would be like top 10 on that list. And they're both in the event. So yeah. it's like you just have Peyton on camera in his cart just talking. I don't even know. He's not even talking about anything relevant. He's just saying words. And for some reason, it's interesting. And then you add into all that, JT, JT was awesome. I thought he was lights out. He was so good. And then Phil talking about the different shots that he – was going to hit, was trying to hit, and then hit it. I mean, it was, it was, I couldn't, I, I seriously, like, it was a five-hour broadcast or four and a half or whatever, and it felt like 10 minutes. I, I mean, sometimes you watch this stuff, like, everybody, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but everybody's like, oh, you got the coolest job, you get to watch golf all day, and it's like, it's, it's amazing, and I'm very appreciative of it. Sometimes it's a grind. This was not a grind. It was awesome. The Justin Thomas dynamic was excellent. The Charles Barkley dynamic, who knows, Charles Barkley knows just enough about golf to be dangerous, but he's always a fun, loving, enjoyable guy. But here's the other thing. Here's the big difference in this. Last week, we got people calling in and talking about whatever they wanted to talk about. This (laughs) week, we got guys calling in and, and owned that charity aspect and owned like that challenge, right? Like I I know, I know a lot of telecasts and a lot of things. We walk the fine line of gambling and sports where we walk that fine line every single week. This was like a really cool way for Russell Wilson to be like, okay, anybody who hits it within 12 feet here, I'll donate a hundred thousand meals. And now it's like a challenge. Now it's like a bet within itself, but it's all for charity, which like raise the raises the stakes every time something like that happens. So just, unbelievably well done and in addition to that you get 
for some, it's like, I, like in my head, it's crazy that this happened, but of course it happened. Like Brooks kept talking to Tom Brady yeah. right before he tees off and we get to listen in. You're like, well, that's freaking awesome. Like I need more of that, you know? And so I, I think we either talked about this or I wrote about it, how like, I think I wrote about it after Seminole last week, more microphones, more, it, it just player guys talking about anything. It doesn't matter. I just need more of it in the future on whatever tour, whenever they're playing. See, the the interesting thing about matches like this, from a production standpoint, your concern is what do we do with dead air? What do we do in between shots? We have four guys on a golf course. We can't cut the way we typically cut from hole number one to, to hole number 18 and anywhere in between. You can't do that in an event like this. And what they did in this one, you, to your point, Kyle, about the microphones and, and how they're an asset, they turned the microphones into an asset. They had a number of announcers, I think maybe five, plus the four players, which is similar to what they had last week. Last week, it felt like too much. Everybody had to get their opportunity to speak. Everybody had to get their point in, and it just it felt a little bit clumsy. What they did this week is they just put the announcers in the group. So it turned into, it wasn't four guys playing golf. It was, you had, what, 10 guys out on the golf course watching four guys play golf. And they were interacting with each other. And it's something I hadn't, I hadn't seen before. I hadn't experienced, but it completely took care of the dead air. And the other thing that I really enjoyed was the um, embrace of silence. There were moments where nobody yeah. was talking. And it was completely fine. It didn't feel rushed. You're looking at a beautiful golf course. You're looking at Peyton Manning or Tom Brady texting on his phone. And it just, it <laughs> worked. Texting and driving, by the Te way. On some pretty narrow bridges, too. <laughs> yeah. It was a, a little bit concerning at times. But I just, to me, it, it felt extremely natural. And you, it didn't feel like anybody was searching for anything. Um, but there was also some really great play. And some not so great play. So, uh, Kyle, I'll start with you here. What did you think of the play early, late, the transition throughout? What were your initial takeaways? Uh, real quick, Jordan Spieth disappointed with Tom Brady texting and driving. Take the pledge, Tom. <laughs> Take the pledge. Um, yeah, I just he had to get in there. We had what, to get what in minute, there. What minute marker are we at? <laughs> no, I, that was I, pretty I, early. I think what Greg is saying is a great point. And I, and we'll get to the golf in just a second, but I think it hinges. Tell me if you agree with this, Rick. I think it hinges on the earpieces, right? Like, does it doesn't that make all the difference? And I I, th I think that's hard because you can't you can't do that for a tour event. You can't do that at a major. You can't do it, but you can do it for this, and it makes it work. It it unlocks everything. It unlocks the ability for golfers to talk to one another. It unlocks the ability for Amanda Balionis to be up at the green talking to someone, asking a question. It opens up the opportunity for Brooks Kepka to talk to Tom Brady on the tee. Like, yes, that is that is the key. Uh, I, I it might be annoying for those guys. I, I mean, we wear earpieces all the time. We hear producers. There's probably a lot going on in their ears. Um, but if they're doing a good job kind of shutting that off during their swing and not hearing static, like that is absolutely the key that gets you the, the golden content. Can you imagine Bryson trying to play with a, with an earpiece in like trying to do his math with, with somebody in his ear? That'd he be would unreal. He would weaponize it though. He'd have somebody in his ear, like with like, so-and-so went long on this, two, you know, two groups ago, be aware, like he would absolutely weaponize it. He'd See, have the thing you can a, do about a, the, 
in an airplane with the air yeah. density, like piping yep. down, like what the numbers are. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's allowed, <laughs> but the one thing you could do with the earpiece is take it out, right? All you do is pop it off like that. Like I just did. And, and it's out, you can hit a shot, it clips to your shirt. So it's easy to find again. If, if it's something that's going to bother you when you're hitting you just pop it out. So I, I think it, it definitely brings, um, some opportunities. I'm not sure if it's something that we'll ever see in a PGA tour event on a weekend. I'm not sure there's a place for it. Uh, certainly open-minded to something like that, but for, for an event like this, I mean, think about, uh, Japan skins the, at the Zozo, an event like that, I think is something we could see more often on the PGA tour incorporated with PGA tour events. I mean, think about uh, at the Memorial having a skins game as a lead in or a smaller event, a less known event than the Memorial. I think it'd be a great way to, um, to increase some attention on an event. And then you're, it's a way to bring people who aren't typically golf fans into the game and let them enjoy it a little bit. So I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed that aspect too. For the hey, second, we... so, uh, sorry, Kyle. For the second, was it week in a row? Uh, golf was trending on Twitter. That that's yeah. like really all. Like that is it, it is breaking <clears throat> into more than just us. Uh, my wife was like, "I'm actually enjoying this." I'm like, "Yeah, this is great. This is like this is good for everybody." So this broke past just us hardcore golf fans. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think you know the people who are like, "Oh, I you know I don't have time for it." I'm not, I'm not, I'm not watching this. It's like, okay, cool. Like if that's your corner, like enjoy that corner because it is what it is. Like, do you, do you want to watch golf or not? I mean, it, and, and it turned out to be great. I, I thought it was really good guys. We are, I don't know how many minutes we are into this, like 13 or so. Uh, we haven't talked about the fact that uh, Tiger didn't miss a shot all day. <laughs> so that's, what's going to be. Yeah, he was so good. Uh, the Tom Brady stuff for like the first six or seven holes was all the rage, but Tiger was unreal. I, I, he, he had such he, control over the, I mean, yeah. the driver was a pipe. It was yeah. a pipeline. It was, it was, I, I just, I, and, and maybe this is just how it's going to be for the next six years or whatever, but you look at him like at, uh, well, I think it was Northern Trust last year the open last year he's so stuck like he can't get through the ball and then he wins zozo and he looks great and then he plays riviera and he's kind of stuck again he just looks a little like weird and just not great and now he looks like the guy that won the masters and you're it's just it's it's gonna be hard to ride that roller coaster and look i'm not gonna like extrapolate you know, 18 exhibition holes at his home course to like the majors at the end of the year. But man, I mean, it, it got overshadowed by everything else, which is a weird thing to say, but his swing was phenomenal. It was so good. It, it was. He was in such control, such great rhythm. The interesting thing uh, that I noticed is not a single ball curved left. I love how, how they have the pro tracer on there. So you can see what the ball's actually doing. But it, it, everything was straight and, I mean, dead straight to a little bit of a fade. And when I watched Tiger, you, you mentioned Riviera, Kyle. Uh, Riviera asks for some draws. And when Tiger has to hit a draw, when he's asked to turn it over uh, from right to left, that's when you start to see him get stuck. When he just commits to that shot that he hit. I mean, the shot he hit all day today was the same shot 
He hit on 17 in 2019 at the Masters. It was the same exact tee shot. He's he's found a go-to shot. I, I got to think that is a good thing going forward. What do you think for the rest of the year, Rick? You think we're going to see a lot of him? I, I don't know. You know, we 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 get such a condensed schedule from Tiger anyway and we know he wants to peak just a handful of times a year but now with the sprint that we are going to see to the end of the year like I don't know and and he's been such a creature of habit we've usually been pretty pretty good at able to guess the events that he's going to play but we have been flipped on our head I think he's going to continue to be cautious Greg and I think they're you know we we it was weeks ago at this point but we looked at the schedule there's a lot of big events in a very short period of time. And, and I think he's going to sit out uh, a few of them and, and have to rank them what his priorities are because he's not going to play, you know, multiple weeks in a row. He's not going to tee it up three times in four weeks or something like that. So no, I don't think we're going to see a lot of them and we're just going to see what his priorities are. So Kyle, do you, when you look at Tiger having all this time off in advance, Rick just mentioned something. He's not going to play three out of four weeks. Can you, do you think you can build time off do you think you can build rest will this time off that he's had right now allow him to go with a heavier schedule in the fall i don't think so because i think it's less for him i think it's more for him about having like a lot of time between between events honestly like watching him today i'm like why doesn't he just play the majors you know like if he's this good and again i i get it it's medalist it's not a re, it's an exhibition and so i don't i'm not trying to like extrapolate that but if he's the, if he looks that good after what four months of not having played it, it, and if that's if that's like your thing right now is i gotta get four months of rest before the majors or wh- whatever it's probably not that much but you know a month off or six weeks off leading up to a major then just do that if that's your schedule, then just do it. Like own that, you know, play five times a year or whatever. And especially over the next, you know, 14 months when you're going to have seven majors and uh, it's just, it's just super heavy. So I, um, I think we might be closer to that, Kyle, than people want to believe. We, we might not see Tiger that goes from 16 events a year to 12 to nine to eight. We might just see him go to like five. And, and he just plays five for the next however many years. I do I do love it when people are like, ah, we could see him at, at the John Deere. You know, I hadn't <laughs> played there since 96. You're like, no yeah, chance. probably not. Yeah, it's going, He's going the other way with the schedule. <laughs> he, he did look really good out there. Uh, and, and it is something, you know, just one real quick point, Kyle, before um, what you were mentioning with the time off. I've gone back and forth with this. And part of me thinks... Well, Tiger needs reps. I, I've been in place. I've been in a spot where, in my analysis, where I say, "Okay, Tiger needs reps to get himself ready to go." And he, Tiger, plays really well the second week in a row. If he yep. can play two out of three weeks, the last one's probably going to be his best tournament. But Zozo completely flipped that on its head. The Presidents' yep. Cup completely flipped it on its head because he yep. came out all of a sudden looking like very much like he did today and was able to win. So I, I'm not quite sure where to go with that. Um, but I guess what I would say is he knows how to prepare himself and tiger will do whatever it takes to make sure he's ready for the events that he cares most about. I don't think that includes things like the Olympics, which we want to, we want to say, well, he's going to play more because it's an Olympic year. Tiger cares about the majors and he's going to do everything he can to, to win those. He also cares about matches with Phil Mickelson and he was able to get a little redemption today. Uh, were, were you surprised at all with, uh, the victory? Were you surprised at all with the the near comeback? What were your general thoughts on 
uh, the play of today, aside from just Tiger. I mean, I, I was not surprised with the victory after watching Brady for the first seven and a half holes or what, it, you know, I don't remember when he holed out, but seven. I mean, it, it was, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you <laughs> Brady, we, we talk about how like, oh, we want Top Tracer on every event. Like that's the <laughs> coolest. Like I was, I Top Tracer was not good for the Tom Brady household for you know, <laughs> seven holes on, on Sunday. And then like the hole out, I, I that that's like, a sh like the shot of the year. I mean, I, I don't understand how you go from like, you know, hosel adjacent four grooves too low on your wedges to holding out. Not only it's not as if it like bounced up and like hit the stick and pot, you know, like he like spun it back and it went and it went in. I, I just, I don't understand how that happens. Okay. There is so much about this. Um, first off about, the the actual like th this was out of hand on the front nine like very much out of hand where uh brady hold out phil made a birdie on a par three and they still made the turn three down that is yeah. a beat down okay yeah so the fact that phil and brady were able to come back a lot you know they've got mo now according to tom brady right um they were able to, to at least take this to 18 i was very impressed with but that shot man that tom brady hole out where he was, and especially because this is happening in real time on Twitter, where he is everyone's punching bag and yeah. the memes Which are flying. Great. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. The memes are flying. Charles Barkley's offering 25. Nah, make it 50. You can't even keep it on the planet. Like, <laughs> like it is, it is so good. Brooks Kepka sees what's happening. He's like, I got this is safe money. I'll give a hundred grand if this guy can make a par. Like it, it was unfolding in real time. Brady knows he's the punching bag in real time. And then he holds out from the fairway with just the absolute, and it was a pure, pure shot. Sounded great. Spun back. Like this was top notch theater. All it takes it, it is actually, Charles Barkley, right? Yeah. yeah it, it actually got a little awkward for Brady, like on the <laughs> fourth, fifth and sixth hole to the point where, like he wasn't really talking. Nobody was really talking to him. It was like, how's this going to go for the next? Because I, you know, Tiger and, and uh, Peyton win the, win three of the first six. And you're like, this is going to be over at like 13 because yeah. Brady hits the back and that's a wrap. Like that's over. And then I think, I think seven kind of, kind of jumpstarted him a little bit, but I, I was shocked at how he played on the back. What's the deal with not hitting driver, by the way? Did he get COR tested and get it taken away? <laughs> he can't, he, he can't he, hit it. He didn't hit Yeah. When he was on number two hitting a three-wood, or I assume it's a three-wood, on number two, you know right then that he can't hit driver. Because for a guy who slices every shot, fades it, that hole favors that kind of a shot with a driver. And so he's clearly got driver issues going on. Um, so we, so we no drivers. We give the guy that can't hit driver to Phil to be on his team. That's good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But it, it worked after that shot. I mean, you're, you're right, Kyle, you bring up so many interesting points, but one thing to me is I'm thinking when this goes to alternate shot, this is, it, it's going to get really, it's going to get really ugly and it's not going to be fun for Phil. It's not good. There's going to be a point where it turns from this is great and Brady's kind of we're laughing at Brady to okay, now this ended at six o'clock and we have the TV slot until eight. And now we got to watch Charles Barkley play. <laughs> maybe, maybe Charles is going to go nine holes instead of just one. But then he holds out. I would watch Charles Barkley play nine holes. <laughs> you want to watch Charles Barkley play nine at medalist? Yeah. 
that's Yikes. that's good that's good television <laughs> but it the whole thing turned around he made charles barkley said hey tom i want i want a piece of you i want to i want to play you in a match and all of a sudden the the next shot brady hits goes in and every all of a sudden you couldn't brady was the announcer all of a sudden he's lead analyst he took over for peyton I thought I thought the funniest part about that whole deal was Brady's reaction. And I don't know if he I don't know if it was because his mic fell off or what, but he I mean, Phil is like flipping out. I don't know if he had too much coffee or what the deal was, but he's <laughs> like he's like freaking out down by the green. And Brady just does like the eyebrow raise thing, you know, like that. And you're like, what is this guy? He, Brady is I don't know. He might be like the weirdest dude ever, but. Uh, that reaction was just, it, it was really like strange, but also very on brand for him kind of in the moment. I think it's just relief. Like the guy, the guy is probably like, Oh, thank God. Like, you're right. Everyone was looking at him. Like you are the fourth wheel here and we are dragging <laughs> you around medalist. I, I think it was just relief that he was like, let's go. I did my part. I hit my shot. <laughs> and and that's basically what he said, which was, I, I need, I haven't had a good shot in, in seven holes. Now it's my time. Eddie goes out. I, I love my family. I thought it was very entertaining. And he turned from a quiet guy into the lead commentator. So uh, that was just phenomenal to watch. So uh, we're going to get into a lot more of this. But first, let's take a break and hear a word from our partners. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Now, another interesting aspect of the match, I thought there were so many innovative things, but one to me was the one club hole on on the fifth hole um and everybody's deciding kind of what we're going to do here where we're going to go and tom brady hits it in the water with no surprise by the way there's a little there's a, a baby alligator that lives in that pond we used, we, we named him d um but any, besides the point he's wondering where to drop from we're getting rulings where's okay. the red line i thought that was a little bit trevor immelman trevor immelman is walking <laughs> tom brady through a drop what? Yes, it's it's so good. They should have had Tiger walk him through a drop with Casey Wittenberg on line one. That would have been. <laughs> I, I I think he was Tiger was given some uh, rulings early on. I think on a, on a different hole uh, on number yeah, two. 
yeah, Tiger Tiger said uh, it was it was Brady again, and Tiger goes, oh yeah, just go go as far back as you want. I was like, yeah, I've heard that before. That didn't go so well. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That's a reference to Masters, and yeah. was that uh, what was that? 15? What year was that? Fifteen. Yeah. Um, uh, was it? Oh, well, it was on number fifteen. No, thirteen. It was two thousand thirteen. Okay. That I mean. That is that opens up an entirely different can of worms, but uh, it it was very interesting to see. And Brady, I think, lost. I think on my count, it was somewhere between four and six golf balls. There was one on number three. I don't know. He hit two on number three. He found one. I don't know if he found the other one. Um, I, don't, I just I don't understand how you lose six balls and then hole out from like one fifty on like for for it, it just it doesn't add up. And and it was so perfect. It, it it jumped past the hole, has a little spin, as Phil said, a little delayed sauce, and <laughs> comes right back into the hole. Which well, was well, another thing that I love too, right? The Phil Phil's an, uh, analysis is spot on. Oh, it was so good. And whenever JT would like set him up, because JT kind of knew how to like work around that, and he would just set Phil up, and Phil would just take off, and it was just it was so so good. I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys what was your favorite like I don't know like low key moment or quote that kind of went under the radar wasn't wasn't a huge deal like Brady holding out but that you were like oh that was that was so good like maybe people missed it or you just caught it or whatever what, did you guys have any moments like that Rick oh, man uh, I I feel like I was saying out loud like I was repeating like a lot of things that everyone said I was like oh my god he just said so and so or like whatever but I can't think of any off the top of my head um i don't know jt was really good i mean jt yeah. call, calling out charles barkley and and saying i'd like to see your fat ass dunk a basketball uh is, so is unbelievable like it's just it's just so unbelievably good i, I don't know i i don't know i think see, mine was mine was on uh real quick on 10 uh so they start the back nine they're they're actually everybody's kind of playing well and uh, Brady hits a putt to like seven feet, maybe six feet. And Tiger tells Phil to pick it up. And, and uh, in my head, I'm like, what's, oh, yeah. what, what's going on? Like, well, that was weird. And then Phil, like Brady's like, Oh great. You know, he's like kind of celebrating. Like, oh, I made a par start the back nine. And Phil looks at Brady and goes, that's actually not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we're in trouble. The way, <laughs> the way he said it, he was like, he like turned like very concerned. I don't know if he was like playing it up or if he was like actually concerned, but Brady, <laughs> Brady like didn't get it. And uh, it was just a really like kind of inside baseball type type moment from, from those two guys that I thought was really cool. I, I thought Phil repeatedly telling Tom Brady that he needs to be aggressive through this spot of the putt was like him being like, Tom, you better hit this putt really hard. Like <laughs> aggressive through this part of the putt, aggressive up this hill, aggressive here. I was like, I think he's trying to tell you, tell you something here, Tommy boy. Phil did such a, I mean, that's a hard partner to have, right? You're, oh, yeah. it, because it's, it's just such a struggle. And then you turn to alternate shot and now you, you need, you need him you are going to are completely relying on it and Brady completely turned it around. But one thing I really liked was in the, when they were on the range early on and Amanda is asking Peyton who would caddy for him if he had a choice and he brings up Bill Belichick. And I just thought it was so, he's just kind of going through the business, going through the motions and you don't really get a sense that anything's going to come out. 
He's kind of going through the list of names, and all of a sudden he ends up with Bill Belichick as his choice. He's going to have Bill Caddy. For, and I just I thought it was a good – it kind of set a good tone for the day. But on the, on the trash-talking point, I thought it was – Again, I use this word a lot. It was natural. It wasn't forced trash talk where they're going to try to give each other intentional digs here and there. It just came out like there were a bunch of guys hanging out. And when trash talk came out, that was great. And when Phil got into kind of the golf geek stuff, that was great too. I think the difference from last week was these guys know each other. These guys are much more comfortable with one another. I mean, Phil and Tiger, obviously great history, Peyton and uh, Tom Brady as well. They're all very likable. Like last week, you know, Matthew Wolf is taking jabs at Dustin Johnson and he probably has no idea how DJ's really going to react to a lot of that stuff. This was, and even JT, even the JT aspect uh, to Kyle's point, like JT knows what to say to set Phil up or to set somebody up. So just the, the dynamic of all those guys knowing each other made the conversation and the trash talk just much better. I Is agree. JT Even- a future on-course commentator? Hopefully I mean, if, 40 years. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, after he's won eight majors. Um, I thought even like the, the stuff between Tiger and Phil, I mean, last time it was like, I remember them walking up like the, you know, second fairway at, at Shadow Creek last time in Vegas. It's like, hey, how's your family doing? I'm like, what, what the hell? Like, this is not what I tuned in for. And, and this time it was more, you know, I, I think Tiger is kind of an overrated trash talker. Like, I don't, he's not, he's not very good at it. He's kind of awkward and just kind of, kind of goofy with it. Very dad-like, honestly, to match his uh, his cargo shorts that he was wearing. Oh, man. But um, there was a there was a moment on the front where Phil asked Tiger to mark his ball in the green. And uh, Tiger asked him if he wanted if he wanted him to use one of his U.S. Open medals. <laughs> and Phil goes, "You got some of them gold ones. I got a bunch of silver. I got a bunch of silver ones. But do you have any gold ones?" And it was just it, it was it wasn't like they weren't trying to like kill each other. It was just a very humorous like it was almost like they were playing the parts, but they were doing it a lot more comfortably than last time. Well, that you're exactly right because Tiger is in his best. And I think I said this, uh, maybe, maybe last week in our lead up, but when you watch tiger, you want to watch tiger in his element. You want to watch tiger being tiger. You don't want to watch tiger trying to be Phil or Peyton Manning and having the additional players, uh, the quarterbacks involved, tiger was able to kind of quiet down. He didn't have to say anything other than those little one-liners other than things like that but you didn't have to hear him uh create any conversation tiger's not the guy you want to mic up other than the fact that he's tiger woods his lure is not what is going to come out of his mouth his lure is what he's going to do with his golf clubs and he gave us that and tom brady is kind of the parallel to that on the other side where he's a little more quiet and because they had these four together they were able to do that can we talk about how good peyton manning is like he, he was really impressive. He is, hit a couple of loose ones, but like, c- come on. Like that is, he absolutely played up to his, up to his part, rolled a couple putts in, hit a, not a lot of really nice shots. Yeah. I think he, he sometimes looks a little, little weird cause he's so big and like yeah. even his, his, his address, like his at the ball is like, you're like, I don't know that. I, 
that doesn't look like it's going to work. But then his iron play was like, he was like out hitting Phil. I mean, he was like a lot tighter than Phil on the, on the back. You know, he, he had a couple of drives that were iffy, which is to be expected of, of anybody. I mean, Phil hit some drives that were iffy, but I just thought his iron play on the back nine and, and kind of throughout the day was, it was pretty awesome. It really was. You know, you mentioned how big he is. And I, when I think of Tiger Woods, I, Tiger, in my mind, is a big guy. When he's in a normal golf tournament, he stand, his physical presence stands out. Watching in the lead-up, Tiger and Peyton Manning next to each other doing yeah. the interview is, like, shocking. You, you yeah. don't, and Peyton's not a guy you think of as a huge guy. He's a quarterback, right? He can't he's, move. So I, I thought that was just fascinating. Yeah, he's really, really big. And then he executed some really good shots. And... So did, uh, and so did Brady. I thought these guys down the stretch were just, they were fantastic. They, how about they were, six, how about 16, the par three when, uh, oh Russell gosh. Wilson, Russell Wilson jumps on, he's like, yeah, hundred thousand meals, uh, to anybody that hits it within 12 feet. Brady hits it to within 12 feet. Peyton hits it to within 12 feet. Phil hits it to within 12 feet. And then Tiger, the chump is like 20 feet away. Yeah. And you're like, what, <laughs> what is happening? Like, this what? is crazy. What odds could I have gotten that Tiger was the worst of the group on, on I think that there was, par three? I think there was, a, wasn't there a prop that was like 50 to one or I don't know, it might've been 500 oh, I, to I don't one know. that the Tiger would be away on a, on a par three. I think there was. I didn't see it. I, I believe that. I mean, there was like very little chance that he's the, he's the dog there. Yeah. You, you think about like Peyton, you were, you were talking about Peyton's iron play and, and with Brady on the front nine, it felt like, he wasn't able to like he he was gonna shank and I it was more likely he was gonna shank an iron shot than he was gonna hit a ball onto the green. <laughs> and all of a sudden the match after the shot Phil hits on 14, which was so good. That that shot up the little ridge there was so good. You have no idea. And then all of a sudden it's one the difference is one. Tiger's only one up. And Brady hits that shot. And I'm thinking they're they're gonna come back and win. They're gonna win this thing. And then Peyton Manning hits it inside of both of them. It, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, and you can't really see it because the rain's covering the camera. You don't really know, like the rain's over the lens. It was one of the cooler moments, I think, that I've, uh, I, I did not expect in any way to get this. You guys think overall this, lived, did it surpass expectations? Do you think expectations were, were too low? Or do you think this was just really that good? Oh. Uh, yeah, I think I think every part of it surpassed my expectations. Now they might have been artificially deflated. Shout out to Tom Brady uh, after Jeez. what happened in Vegas in eighteen, which was just kind of a. It, it was just I don't know. I I thought my expectations for that were pretty mediocre, and it still kind of came in under them. It it, it was fine. Uh, it wasn't. It just wasn't that great. And so you look at that and you're like, okay, well, maybe we get like a kind of a better version of that with these other guys thrown in. But I don't know. Maybe it was the production. Maybe it was the broadcast. Maybe it was Peyton. Maybe it, I, I don't know what it was, but it just worked. Like it just worked as an entertainment event, which is, you know, at the end of the day, like all this stuff is, and you know, I, I don't know how much you can take away and be like, Oh, well, this is what the European tour should do, or this is what the PGA tour should do. But for an event that raises 20 mil for 
you know, COVID relief on a Sunday afternoon at Medalist, it was, I just thought it was perfect. I think um, my expectations were correctly low. I, I mean, we have not been blown away by really any of these kind of one-off events recently. And I came in with really low expectations, but I was, I was just flipping through my head, trying to think about what, like, what was the worst part about this? I, I think in general, like, for a long time, we were on pace for like a six and a half hour round. Yeah. And in, I, I would have like most weeks I'd been like, Oh my God, this is going to go six and a half hours. This is crazy. I would have, I would have watched all six and a half hours. Like, yeah. I don't know what really the worst part about this was. So I, 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 I hate to be the guy who's just gushing over everything about this, but it was really, uh, we, we got a lot of really good golf we got a a great production and this was this was awesome so yeah i mean hats off to everybody involved the ton of money being donated a great product put out there everyone should get a pat on the back now um we could talk about this all night long um because there's so much to get into but before we get going you mentioned you mentioned pace of play rick and and pace of play seems to be one of the biggest issues on the pga tour one of the biggest problems people have with golf is there something and I, I ask both of you this is there something from the match and the broadcast that we saw today that we can all use and learn from to put into maybe regular events maybe matches that are similar to this is there something is there maybe one key thing in here that gets us more entertained from watching golf that we can use going forward besides tiger playing <laughs> It's a good point. It's a really fair point. Put that into some more events. No, I I think, I mean, I, and again, I said this last week after Seminole, it's, it's the microphone thing for me. It just adds so much that, you know, I I think we give announcers and broadcasters a hard time about falling into cliches and falling into, you know, just the, the typical narratives. And it's like, man, that's really, it's really hard. It's really difficult to not do that because you're just doing it week after week. You have so much airtime to fill. You have so much, so many minutes to fill up and you've got all these other conversations that are going on that you can leverage for your advantage for the, for the, for the telecast. And I get it. It's not as easy as it looked uh, or it's not as easy to do as it seemed on Sunday in terms of like the 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 uh, miking guys up and, and getting all that flowing, but I just I I think that's the direction that golf needs to move in into the future. I think I think 15 years from now we'll look back on the you know this period of time be like wait we didn't have mics like on everybody or around everybody or on bags picking up everything that everybody's saying that just seems like a so that that will seem like a foreign concept I think. Can I offer a hot take uh, that pace of play is not a problem. Uh, the entertainment is the problem. The pace pace of play is an issue in Major League Baseball because it's boring and there's a lot going on and there's not a lot of action over the course of three or three and a half hours. No one complains if the NFL has a four or four and a half hour game. It's never been said. No one has ever said a football game is too long. So maybe it is not necessarily the product, but the way that we display it. I think today was a perfect example that no, if, if you have a compelling, entertaining situation going on, people will watch it for any length of time and they will tune in for it. Um, I would say we've just got to get more creative on 
showing better, uh, whether it's stories behind the players, whether it is just more shots, whether it is mics, whether it is technology, what, whatever it is, if you can create the absolute most entertaining product, no one cares how long it goes. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good take. And I think additionally, when you have a, a tour event or a bigger tournament with 156 guys or whatever it is, the pace of play doesn't matter because there's always something going on, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't matter to people watching on TV what the pace of play is. It matters to to players that are at events. It matters to fans that are at events. But that's such a that's such a small percentage of of kind of this crowd that you're try, trying to appeal to that the pace of play doesn't matter as long as the presentation, the production, whatever is great. And I think I think you're saying that about a single group with four guys. I mean, think about that. We, we It's not like we were cutting back and forth between different groups and seeing action all the time. It was one group, and yes, they were in carts, but it's not like stuff was going on. It's not like shots were being hit throughout. It was slow at times, but because the production was good, because we got all these like anecdotes and all this different stuff, it was incredibly enjoyable. I think, I think they're, those are great points, Rick, especially the, the pace of play thing viewing on TV pace of play is, is only a problem when you get on Sunday afternoon and you have somebody taking an excessively long period of time in one of the last two groups when there's nobody else on the course, JB Holmes. That I mean, that almost started this this frenzy yeah. of pace of play conversation because we saw it, and then and then you get people on Twitter timing uh, Bryson DeChambeau on shots, and and so so social media at events definitely gets people a little fired up about it. But all in all, it's not that big of a deal. I have I have one more question for you guys before we go. Do you think? Who do you think had longer shorts, Allen Iverson and his prime or Tiger Woods today? <laughs> uh, We're going to have to get the measuring tape out for that one. As a native Philadelphian, it is Allen Iverson. Baby. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go. If, uh, thank you, guys. And Hey, first of all, uh, happy Memorial Day. I hope everybody has a great rest of the weekend. Uh, great closing question there. So thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard... <laughs> Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and also make sure to follow us at First Cut Pod. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. You can follow Kyle Porter on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Rick Gaiman, you can follow on Twitter at Rick Run Good. I'm Greg Ducharme. You can get me at The Real GFD. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.